0: Welcome
1: to the Istan Movement Podcast. I'm
2: Paula, aka Queen P. I'm Jane, but this Jane ain't play. And I'm the echo Lola. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Hi everyone. Welcome back to the Istan Movement Podcast. As per usual, you're joined by myself, Jane, and Paula. And today we'll be talking about attitudes towards the vaccine within the Black community. And we've got a very special guest joining us today. We've got Frankie. Frankie, if you could just give our listeners a quick introduction, tell them who you are and what you do.
3: Hi, everyone. Uh, my name's Frankie. I qualified as pharmacist and now work in the pharmaceutical industry.
2: Great. Thanks, Frankie. Um, because of how important this topic is, we wanted to have a specialist joining us for this um, discussion. As we know, our health as well. So this is definitely something that I think everyone in the community needs to be very particular about when it comes to protecting their health. Um First and foremost, does anybody here have the vaccine or know anyone closely that has had the vaccine? Yeah, my sister's had the vaccine. My younger sister. Oh, okay. What color? Or Steph?
0: No, my younger sister, Steph. Oh, okay. Yeah, because she was in the vulnerable group, so they um, they sent her a letter, um, and basically um she had to come back obviously because her doctors are registered here um and she got it done she said her arm was hurting but honestly I feel like she was just making that up because she <laughs> she is a bit dramatic and I think she was just joking um so no do you
2: know what though yeah. everyone that I've had that's had it they've said the same about their arm making so I don't very sympathetic you... of you all huh very sympathetic of you all <laughs>
0: The thing is, if it was anyone else, I would believe it more. It's just because I know what she's like. So, um, yeah, I I don't know. But she honestly was fine in terms of, like, other than saying her arm was hurting, she was still very much herself. She still is herself now. And there hasn't really been any side effects I know of. So, Mm -hmm. How long ago did she get it? It was quite recently, like a couple of weeks ago. I think she came back, like, two weeks ago or a week ago now like you know the days all merge into one so it could even be a month ago at this point <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah it wasn't too long ago
3: mm. you know which one else? she got um she got
0: oh what's it's not the Pfizer one what's the other one
3: oh uh, the Oxford
2: AstraZeneca, AstraZeneca
3: wait well, you no know,
0: actually I think she got the Pfizer one she got the Pfizer one because oh, it wasn't okay. the Zeneca one
2: mm. One is supposedly more effective than the other, but I don't know which way around it is. Yeah, because
0: one is like eighty eight percent um decrease in hospitalization and the other one's like ninety-five or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think
3: they I think the data said the Pfizer one on paper, but they're both good. They're both good.
2: Has anyone else had it or knows anyone that has? My mum's actually getting it tomorrow, so this is right on. Discussing this uh, um she's uh, injections so she's a bit worried but i think she'll be okay she's getting it because she's a key worker and, and um, she's been on the queue for some time but she kept postponing it because of one thing or another she was busy but she's finally going to get it tomorrow
3: um my my dad's had it he's a gp so he was on the oh, he, yeah they've been um, more vaccinated well trying to vaccinate all the healthcare professionals but he's had it yeah uh, mm. i haven't had
1: it I yet find <laughs> it. um only because i feel like i'm we haven't started with like military personnel or oh, those of us that are not like super at the front line um but a few of my friends that are in the medical field have all had their vaccines
2: um so yeah and all of us that know people that have had it nobody's had any adverse side effects or negative experiences no 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 That's good, because that leads on to the next question. (laughs) What's your personal opinion about the vaccine? Because the thing is, Paula, when you said Steph had had it, I was quite surprised because when you were last talking about it, you were (laughs) putting the vaccine. So maybe that's changed your mind now that you've seen your sister's had it and is doing okay
0: Yeah, you know me I'm a bit of a skeptic when it comes to the government and I like I said the last time we spoke about it I'm not a conspiracy theorist kind of person but I do think there's some truth to the things that people say and that's what really put me off of this vaccine it's just the fact that like I don't know. It all Everything that's happened with COVID, in my view, with the government has just been a bit of a mess. So that's why I don't really trust the vaccine as much. And obviously my sister, she had to get it because she was in like a vulnerable group. But the thing is, she actually had COVID already. Um, so I don't know if that makes any difference when it comes to getting the vaccine. But um, yeah, I think because she had it, it made me feel a bit less sceptical about it I still would rather not get it to be honest with you but if it was a thing where I had to get it I I don't think I would resist
2: as much as before. Mm. And the the scepticism that you have um, towards the vaccine itself um, is that based on any particular information that you've seen or data or just general views about the government being inadequate? I think it's more
0: the government's inadequacies, to be honest, because some of the information I've seen shared, um, I find it hard to believe. So, like, you know, the stuff that opposes the vaccine, for example, Mm. I feel like some people are just, I don't know, I don't know where they get the information from, but it just doesn't seem very believable to me. And although I've not really done, like, my own research into it, I think more for me the scepticism comes from the fact that the government's a hot mess at the moment. And also because people were saying things like, um, oh, yeah, it usually takes two years or however long to um, create a vaccine. And this has only taken a year. So they've not done the pr- appropriate testing or whatever. That is kind of what made me a bit sceptical about it. But then mm. at the same time, I think it makes sense that, you know, maybe it was a year because this it is a pandemic. So that was probably the priority um, for most pharmaceutical companies um so yeah I don't know honestly I'm a bit torn now I'm Mm. not as strongly opposed as I was before
2: well Frankie with your work in the pharmaceutical industry have you got any nuggets of wisdom or particular views about rebutting some of these theories that are out there I mean one particular one that concerned me was this supposed effect on fertility in women um I'm sure the medical community has all the different ingredients that they can say, this is safe, um, there's only this and that. I don't know all the different ingredients, but I'm sure you're aware of what's in the different vaccines and you can help people to realise that perhaps it's not so unsafe and some of these theories are quote-unquote conspiracy theories.
3: Yeah, no, and the thing is, what Paula says you can't, and I've always been, I've always been one that you you know, you can't really control or challenge what people feel because they've got probably reasons for feeling the way they felt. And, you know, it's, um, and it's a shame obviously that um, situations or things in the past may trigger those kind of feelings, but you have to understand them and, you know, be realistic is that some people do think like this. And I always look at it that the patient is the center, and all the, all the people who are trying to get the vaccine are patients now. So they're the people that we have to convince to get these vaccines. When it comes to some of the um, you know, quote unquote misinformation and what's going around, the way the way I look at it is that these vaccines are approved by regulatory bodies. So we have ours, um, the, the UK MHRA, Medicine's Health, um, the regulatory agency there, um, healthcare re- regulatory agency. And, they go they you know put their, it's vigorous. They really do analyze the data, try and work out the benefit risk profile. And you said with all drugs, there are side effects, no doubt. Um, I think a common one as you mentioned is the sore arm can happen and so there's no drug that or vaccine that has no side effects. That's not a thing. but the benefits, what the regulatory bodies always look at is that does the benefit outweigh the risk? And to be fair, these vaccines um, have been approved by multiple um, regulatory bodies across the globe now. So like they're all analyzing it separately or come into their own separate decisions. So I'm, you know, because of, maybe because I work in the pharmaceutical industry, when a regulatory body ex- says it's right, quote unquote re- um, safe, or at least the benefit risk outweighs itself and approves it. I usually do trust it. Can side effect, can some people get some nasty side effects, Maybe, and I'm not um, denying that. Um it could happen because every <clears throat> everyone's really different from like a genetic makeup. So could someone get a very nasty side effect which could be like a one in a million chance? Yep, no doubt. But when they look at when they analyze this data, they're looking at like the 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 average, not the unfortunate one. But obviously it's important for them to put all the risks down so at least no one's surprised if you get what I mean. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Of course.
2: Does anybody here have any particular concerns about the vaccine, a very specific side effect that they are worried about that they think could impact them if they were to take it? Or is everyone here quite open-minded towards, none of us have had it yet, but um, the data and the news are now saying that everyone should be offered the vaccine by July. So that's only a couple of months away now, really. Everyone open towards it now or have any specific concerns about side effects? Um,
1: No, I, I feel like I've... No, I don't. I don't have any concerns to a side effect just because I have had so many vaccines in me based on like travels that I do. And I've never had like one really bad effect and I have go for medical tests and stuff. So I'm yet to have any like severe side effect in any vaccine that I've taken. So no, I'm not. Hmm.
2: Well, I'm sure you have all seen the different studies that have been done, the surveys about um, certain communities, um, including Black and Asian communities, um, having more suspicion towards the vaccine and not really being as open-minded towards taking it. And I think that links in with our previous topics about do Black people um, trust the NHS? um, Do Black Lives Matter to the NHS? And Frankie, you joined us for both of those very important discussions. Um, I think COVID as well showed how the relationship between the black community and the health services is not in a great place. And again, this vaccine rollout is demonstrating why the relationship is not in a good place. And it seems to just be a vicious cycle. So, I mean, I don't know how moving forward this can be resolved, because if people are opposed to taking the vaccine, even though our communities have been more affected by COVID, it seems like a catch-22, and there's not really any winners in this, unfortunately.
0: Hmm. I don't know if there's, like, um, I think the issue is, like, who's actually sharing this message of, like, um, not trusting the vaccine, if that makes sense, like, and the reason I say that is because obviously, like, I don't even want to generalize and say as black people we get forwarded messages because I'm sure people who are not black get forwarded messages too. But sometimes, like when you receive like a message from an auntie or like a mum or just someone saying x y and z, and you you think oh like is there an element of truth to this? So I think sometimes we need to think about like within our community what is the message that we're sharing with each other because I feel like naturally you tend to trust people who are like you so that's why you know if someone says to me I don't know I don't believe all of the messages I get on whatsapp but sometimes there's one that stands out you think "Hmm, is there some truth to this and I think maybe that's where like the difference is because I don't know what it is like in white communities obviously but I feel like it's quite different because for example white people they probably trust the media more because mm-hmm. you know they see more representation of themselves they see positive representation so if a news anchor is saying x y and z they believe what is being said like whereas with black people there's a certain mistrust with even the media because it's like well I know being a black person that all black people aren't thieves or this or that do you know what I mean so does that make sense uh, yeah it does.
3: Yeah, it does, and I think he hit so many nails there, right? So <laughs> I like I liked what you said about the aunties. I call it the aunties and uncles of WhatsApp. <laughs> um, I, I hope my mum doesn't listen to this because she definitely, <laughs> she's definitely one of those forwarders. I mm. think um, I've got that thing where if it says forwarded many times, and my mum now, <laughs> no, 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 no. as I said, apologies to my mum if she listens. But the, <laughs> but the, the 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 challenge we have, right? I think it's because of our kind of roots. Mm. For example, if you're, you know, you've got ancestral roots in the Britain, then probably all your family is in Britain, right? Mm. So then you're more likely to listen to the messages from the media, messages from government. But, you know, I have, I'm sure you guys have as well, relatives not that far removed mm. back in Nigeria or in other African countries. So, the, so for example, I, you know, I've got my mum forwarding messages from family members who think that the vaccine's been microchipped by Bill Gates. <laughs> um, and like these people are, you know, university educated, mm-hmm. some of these people. This isn't a case of, you know, like, um, education or exposure, these people. And sometimes when you read this stuff, you know, if you've got a seed of doubt, like Paula mentioned about governments, <laughs> Then, when you see something like this, I'm not saying Paul will believe that the, uh, <laughs> magic, like, but if you've got some kind of mistrust, then when you read, like, you know, the infertility thing, or, you know, one, or if you hear one black person had a really bad side effect, then you, it, 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 it's like a dot, it's a, like a, it's adds to the skepticism. And then before you know the skepticism, you don't realize how skeptical you've become that you're not actually wanting to take the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, honestly some of the things I get forwarded and see I I honestly can't believe but that's what's going on in you know Nigerian whatsapp circle shall we say which may not be happening in shall we say British whatsapp circles because none of my British whatsapp groups are talking about it like that so you know I can just imagine if you're kind of isolated from society but that's your exposure to information, that's all you're getting and you have a mistrust of government messages, then you are more likely to believe some of those stories.
2: Of course, yeah, definitely. And to be honest, um, my mum, as I said, is getting the vaccine tomorrow and my her mum, my grandma's told her that she doesn't want her to get it. And <clears throat> my grandma is also very active on WhatsApp and she's always forwarding different theories. But I think what really, and that didn't surprise me because, I mean, she's done that from day one. I mean, way back. Before COVID even existed, I used to get forwarded um, information about, you know, you shouldn't drink Coke. They found a weird ingredient in it which can kill. So, I mean, getting these COVID messages from her isn't surprising to me. But what really alarmed me is one of the ones that I got earlier this week, which actually on this topic for today, <clears throat> it was a work group chat. So everybody from there is just from work. Everybody's around the same age. And <clears throat> sorry, um, everyone's around the same age. So I was just surprised that it wasn't from an auntie or an uncle. And it was a very um, strong view about how the vaccine is a way to depopulate the world. And um, there was a specific ingredient that was mentioned, disodium, editate, dehydrate, Mm -hmm. and how um, proven to cause infertility in animals. And there was all sorts of, you know, information that was being spread in that um, group chat. And that's what really made me set up because I was like, wow, this isn't aunties and uncles. This is literally Mm -hmm. me. (laughs) So really hit a nerve and. I, I don't know it's, it's worrying actually
3: that's scary yeah. yeah
2: and I think that's a good example of what I
0: was saying because the thing is we as like a generation we've got our mindset like we know that aunties and uncles send these random messages but it resonated with you more when it was someone that was more like you so yeah. it's like if that's not true but you believe it because this person is like more like you there's no reason for them to be sending this um I think a lot of people will struggle with that but obviously like you you tend to do like you know research and kind of look into it further but if you're not one of those people you might not get the vaccine because of that I think the reason I didn't believe that message when you forwarded it is because because of the way they said it caused infertility it just didn't it just didn't make sense to me um, Let's explain but...
2: it for the benefit of the listeners so they're not scratching their heads.
3: So, uh, so yeah, you've become the anti you've become the anti of WhatsApp. <laughs> Spreading this misinformation around in the social yeah, circles. It. She You're it. that person. i many times. <laughs>
2: I had to, no, because honestly, when I saw it, I was like, no, this is what really made me feel like this is going too far. And it's no disrespect to the person that sent it to me. I know that she's genuinely concerned, but I just feel this is too far-fetched, come on. So the mm. theory is supposedly that the male version um, is the anti-GNRH. It's a sperm-specific microchondrial antigen that basically kills mitochondrial DNA in the sperm but the sperm is still able to swim around and they deliver DNA to the egg, but the sperm is dead. And then that makes the woman infertile. So in layman's terms, basically what
0: they're saying
2: is that when men get this
0: vaccination, it makes them them infertile. And then when they have sex with women and the sperm swims to the egg, it makes the woman infertile.
3: (laughs) I think you can start lecturing at some of the most prestigious universities on that topic. I completely understand what you (laughs) meant. Like, no, you know, in all seriousness, you see, and you know what, the thing is what well, I love public health, right? I love the concept of public health because it's when science meets society and science and people are two. you know, wh- there's one thing about theory and then there's the reality. And that's what's really interesting about this. And the thing is when you break it down, you know, think about is this, that people wanting to take vaccines, feedback, it's feedback, right? It's no different from, you know, when people convince you about what product to buy at a shop. I know it sounds absolutely ridiculous, but if someone that you trust, respect, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, tells you, oh yeah, this is a good idea. You probably go, oh no, I trust their opinion. I know who they are. They're, you know, they're a trusted person. And it's incredible. That's why public health is like when you see all those messages from when, you know, when people use celebrities, when people use, because it's important because from trusted figures, right um regarding that infertility thing well my only point my only thing I'll say is that if if we're going to depopulate the world then we're in all sorts of trouble because I think there's about what 15 million people that have been injected so we're in all sorts (laughs) of trouble if you know I always wonder why people think that it's going to happen to them but it won't happen to the other millions of people that have had it Hmm. that's what I've never been able to understand but again in my mind is that you know, if why will it be you that will become infertile? But like, you know, I think I think um Sadiq Khan's had the vaccine, you know. Mm-hmm. Other people have had the vaccine. They see people get the vaccine. So I've always intrigued at like the human like reaction to this kind of stuff.
2: I think human nature though, when you're unfamiliar with something, generally the way that you react to something that you're unfamiliar with is with suspicion. Um so I, I think it's natural to to an extent to have some doubts but I think where these far-fetched quote-unquote conspiracy theories um start to be perceived as fact is very um dangerous and I think because of social media and how easy it is now to access information it's very very easy to fall down a rabbit hole with just so many different yeah. things are flying at you and you don't know what to believe um okay. I don't even know Most, how we but- can stay properly informed and not consume misinformation
1: I just want to say that as much as like the mistrust of the vaccine is due to misinformation I think the mistrust between within the black community is not just from that I think there's also the history of mistreatment of black people when it came to like experiments Mm -hmm. um, especially like America. Mm -hmm. I think it's called Tuskegee syphilis study that was oh so bad, yes. but that's not like the mm-hmm. only one. There's so many. Uh, I'm actually one of the things I've been trying to do is have a proper research based on this vaccine to make sure that I'm making a, a more informed decision. And I was just reading like mm-hmm. this paper that's talking about the mistrust of the black community when it comes to the like, medical field, and they were just saying how like it's not just as much as most people refer to that particular study, the Tuskegee um, syphilis one. It just looking back in history, there's just so many from slavery and all the stuff of of Black people being mistreated and practically being used as lab lab rats to figure these whole, like, stuff out. I think it's important that we also touch on the fact that it's not always coming from a grounded place.
3: Oh, completely. And those kind of stories, especially the one you mentioned, America, terrible. And the thing is, and I think I I mentioned this concept in March, or last March, when um, this whole thing about when you see... So when you see the statistics that, you know, black people are not taking the vaccine up as much as others, people look at that as like, okay, that's the problem. But actually that's just an expression of the problem. The problem didn't start when COVID happened and then they started trying to convince people to have vaccines. The problem starts way, way before the person even hits the healthcare system because of stories like that, which, you know, terrible there are terrible stories which then are in the minds of people and then with all the some the other injustices that people are experiencing through healthcare and other things they all add up and then they express themselves through distrust and then they express themselves into not um not being able to access healthcare like other groups ask to and then the outcomes become worse and then it becomes as if as lola said a cycle because then it's like, okay, you don't trust us. The, and then this is not, and again, I always believe that the patient, or, or if you're working in like retail, the customer is always kind of right. So you're, it's for the people to convince the patient, inform the patient. It's not for the patient to just wake up and go, actually, it's all fine and good. It's for healthcare, NHS, government to convince the patients, us to come and get the vaccine. Because what happens is itself becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy you have a distrust of the system because of historical things, which no disputing, there are some terrible scandals and stories, but then it then becomes, as I said, you don't access the healthcare, you get worse outcomes, then the data shows you get worse outcomes, then there becomes more distrust and you don't want to access it more. And then it just keeps going on and on Mm -hmm. and on. And it's so hard to break that cycle, but Mm -hmm. that's very much on society, well, healthcare, NHS, government organizations, to try and work out how to break the cycle. It's breaking the cycle of distrust.
2: Yeah. I mean, what I've seen um, within the government and the political um, arena and the medical field at the moment is a way to tackle this is that they are, for instance, getting prominent black MPs to speak out about the vaccine, to say, oh, I've had the vaccine. And I know that they're doing that because they want us to be able to see people that look exactly like us and that we identify with and relate to, to say, oh, I've had it, so you can do it too, you'll be fine black doctors um, speaking out about how they've had the vaccine to appeal to people and um, the community to get it as well but again I think that's just basically putting a band-aid on a wound that needs a stitch that's only addressing attitudes towards the vaccine it's not addressing the reason why there's these attitudes towards the vaccine like you and um, Jane have both said and I think in March when we discussed how we can resolve this There were so many different um, solutions that were proposed and there was a bit of a tug of war between it's more on us to be able to now just open up our minds and not be so um, suspicious and have this mistrust. And then there's the opposing which is it's not down to us to have to change our views. They need to show to us that we can trust them. So I think it's just trying to get that balance right.
3: You know, I, I think it's got to come from, well, I said, I think it's a moral like it's a moral thing for healthcare organisations government to break that cycle they have to do everything they can do to break the cycle and then i think people will come on board we have time it's not going to happen under it's not going to happen in one overnight but it is on you have they have to be proactive on at least trying to break the cycle and i like the, the concept of getting black MPs is great but that's said that's very superficial mm-hmm. it needs to go deeper right we need to really understand. And the thing is, because it takes effort to break this cycle, will take effort, political will, and a lot of energy for, you know, because I, I look at it like the concept of this vaccination program, which has actually been quite good so far, but it's getting all the low-hanging fruit, the kind of people that will just do it. To get to the top of the tree, though, you need to go really deep into the community where, you know, I'm talking you need to understand, like, you know, church groups, mosque group, prayer groups Muslim prayer groups you've got to really get deep into the community it's not just going to be because you know an MP that looks like us says vaccinate that doesn't get just get the job done that'll only just be at the surface
0: that's very true and I feel like it just I feel like what you said about um it basically being like putting a plaster on a much deeper wound is exactly that because for people like me I don't like i don't want to say i don 't care about a black m p saying they've got the vaccination, but quite frankly i don't like that doesn't mean anything to me um and i think I think the way the issue will be resolved is for the government to actually care about these organizations, and I think the reason the mistrust is very hard to break in black people is because it's evident that there's not really care there a lot of the time it seems like they're just doing it because that's what they need to do or that's what they need to do to get the votes or that's what they need to do to be able to push certain things through um, and I think this is why it is important to have a very diverse um, government because obviously um, the individuals come and they bring their own personal experiences their own personal like um, um, things that they're passionate about so like to see for example black women in government is a positive thing because then you know they would care about things like um, mortality rates in black women when given birth and I know that's kind of going off into a different topic but that's my personal opinion because I I don't think getting black MPs to say that they got the vaccination is going to do anything especially for people who may not even relate with those particular black MPs.
1: Touching on the whole like MP stuff um, not to like Drag this on but I think it really highlights my issue with when it comes to representation being limited to the colour of somebody's skin and I think when black people say we need more representation in our television in our news and everything that's going in the rest of the world we just limit that not just we as black people but whoever's at the top controlling the situation did not think diversity means this person looks like you and that's the end of it and i don't think that's what representation mm-hmm. of myself is because the person can look like me but will not think the same want the same desire the same things and need the same things and uh, what is like our societal background can be mm-hmm. completely different our classes in terms of like wealth is completely different our like perspective on life is completely different i think so Maybe this could be a completely other topic someday. And we'll talk about what is representation when we talk about representation of black people in the media. Mm-hmm.
3: It's, that's really cool because you, you've um, you've heard the song yes. um, Black by Dave, right? That's exactly mm-hmm. what he touches on. That's exactly what he touches on. But you can't say, you know, one black person is representative of everyone because there's just so much going on, <laughs> in that, you know, where you subdivide the groups up, right? Nigerians and Ghanaians will say that a lot right <laughs> so like, like, you got a there's a lot more to it and you know and it's a bit like what has said you've got to be careful that it doesn't just seem like a tick box oh yeah we've just found someone found a black person to talk to black people like you know a black MP can't talk to a lot of people can't relate as you said to a lot of people in this mm. country Um and you really need to go deep. Like, you know, you've got to go to, like if I was, the, like some of the crazy ideas I had is that when when things open up a bit, where are we all going to be? We're going to be in these, um, yeah. in barbers and salons, yeah. right? You should be going right in there, signing people yeah. up, convincing people. People got to go knocking because that's the kind of environment that you need to start, yeah. like really getting deep, deep yeah. into. You know, it's, this is a search, <clears throat> search, find, vaccinate, People that don't want or uh, have mistrust, and you've got to go as said deep into the community, Mm -hmm. door knocking pretty much, (laughs) trying to get them out. It's
0: really true, but I think not even to be the voice of pessimism in this discussion. (laughs) Yeah, but I really feel like I'm coming with negativity. But I just feel like for them to do that, what you're saying is is exactly right. Like that's what you need to do to like really get people on board and to really connect with these different diverse groups of people but to even start that process you need to care like you need to actually want to do that you need to genuinely want a diverse government so for them getting a random black person in government is enough to tick the diversity box but what we're saying is right because like black people we're not a monolith and I think this is the issue with um, terms like BAME because it's like Black, Asian, minority, ethnic, we're all grouped into one thing, but in reality, even within black people, we're very different, let alone like black people versus Asian people or black people against like other minority ethnic groups. Like, we're all very different, so to lump us into one group is like it's just ridiculous, really. I feel like I'm really going off on a tangent here, but my point is that for us to get true diversity within the government or true diversity even within companies and stuff like that, the people that are bringing these initiatives on board or are um, at the top, they genuinely need to care about wanting to have a more diverse government or or a more diverse um, company or being able to cater to the needs of diverse groups. That needs to be something they care about and one thing I've seen, particularly with The government I'm not gonna like go deep into politics and all that but I just feel like a lot of the things they do it's if it's like negatively impacted them or if it's gonna benefit certain groups that they relate with um so yeah I think and sorry guys I'm, I'm really going off here yeah but you know I don't know if you guys saw the whole um issue with like free school meals during this time like um Basically. basically they were all of that stuff like and I think that's a very good example of like because the majority of people in power they can't relate to people who need free school meals so it's not a major issue for them and it seems like a minor expense which is why they can easily vote against um carrying that on during a time where people are not in schools so I think that is a good example of like they need to care or it needs to be something that actually impacts them for them to want to make some kind of change and do that stuff and. Deeper.
3: <laughs> deeper. That, so no, no, that was deep. No, I agree though. Right. Cause at the end of the day, all these structures are just people at the end of the day. Is there just people like, you know, every structure on this planet is just made up of people. And they said, if it's not at the top of your agenda, if the people, if you don't genuinely care, it will come across. You may think you're like, you can convince the world with a tick box, but it will come across mm. like with the initiatives and your beliefs. Right. Cause at the end of the day, these structures are just a reflection of the people that work yeah. in them. I think we can do another
2: so yeah, topic um, entirely with this, perhaps one for another day. <laughs> but just <laughs> the last 10 minutes or so, um, I wanted to find out everyone's opinion towards these vaccine passports that are being discussed at the moment as something that's going to be potentially rolled out. Um, the no job, no jab, um, sorry, oh. the no jab, no job mentality as well, um, which people are worried about um and may potentially be something rolled out in the future
0: i think that's a bit concerning to me no jab, no job that seems a bit much and what so i'm guessing with that passport people who are exempt from taking the vaccine is that going to reflect in those passports
2: yeah i assume so um i mean if you're exempt for a valid reason i don't see why you would then be impacted negatively by that but I didn't even know that certain, certain groups were exempt.
0: Yeah, I think certain people are like, um, like, cause you know, if you're on certain medications, I don't think you can take it um, and can you, well, I guess, can you um, take it if you're pregnant?
1: I think I was re- from what I was reading, um, you have you have to speak to your doctor and based on case by case, you decide what's right for you, but mm-hmm. you can be exempt if you are pregnant or breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. those were the two that I came across.
0: Uh, I don't like the idea of a passport because it seems to me like it seems like a way of controlling people like have we ever done vaccination passports for anything else before because maybe that will change my mind like was there a time in the past where they needed okay, to do that? You
1: ask that question has there ever been a virus that has caused the world to shut down?
0: Yeah there's been like pandemics in the past but I think they just Pandemic. maybe won- yeah so there's been stuff in the past but I think with those, it was maybe, um, maybe it didn't spread as widely because of the fact that the world wasn't as connected, because obviously now it's so much easier mm-hmm. to get from A to B, which means we can spread it much faster. So but, that's what
1: I was trying to say, because yeah, to each each situation and each pandemic had to deal with the environment it was in. And like you said, we are now in an environment mm-hmm. where we are a lot more connected, by the way, I'm not advocating for this. I'm just trying to like look at this like in a whole like in a holistic view. We live in a society where we are a lot mm-hmm. more connected. We're a lot more um, able to spread a lot more quickly. So let's take New Zealand for example. When this whole thing started, they sh- they're like nobody. We don't care where you're coming from. We don't want you, and mm-hmm. it's proven to be so effective for them. And yep. now they're like, I think they have no cases or like one or two cases. Now, if they then turn around and, like, Mm -hmm. if you don't have the vaccine, we're not allowing you to come into our country to then... Obviously, it's not guaranteed that if you come to the country, you bring it. But, like, we don't want people... Are they wrong to say that is the question I want to ask.
3: Yeah, I think there's two different types of vaccine passports in my mind. I like to create a separation, right? I think when it comes to flying to somewhere, like I said, if you don't want to import the virus, which I think is the best thing, by the way, because I think a lot of the issues that we saw in the last like few months mm-hmm. is because probably of summer travel probably yeah. caused that. Um, I think when it's to, if, if you're using vaccine passports to stop importing the virus, I think that's okay because I think you do that for, you know, some yeah. countries don't let you in if you've not got yellow fever, for example, vaccine and stuff. So I don't think that's a problem where I do get a bit of concern is a vaccine passport to go to your shop or a vaccine passport to go <laughs> to work in the country that you mm-hmm. live. <laughs> um so, as I said, if it's to stop, and I think it's really effective to stop importing the virus, and I actually would probably mm. agree with that. Um, but kind of in when you're inside the country, the, you know, the country that you live, and because of some of those exemptions. And again, I genuinely do believe in trying to motivate people, not mm. through stick, but with mm. carrot. Um, because again, as Paula mentioned, you hear the, men- you hear the message, right? Control now. If you already don't have a trust of government, and then you start thinking this is a way of them controlling, it doesn't actually breed. You're not breaking the cycle, Mm -hmm. are you? You're you're adding to the problem. So I I prefer if they put more energy into motivating people Mm -hmm. rather than trying to you know um scare them and you know because I said if you if you're someone that already has a skepticism of the vaccine. And then they say, right, OK, we're going to make you have a vaccine passport to go to a bar or to work. Then they'll go, oh, right, OK, this is them trying to kill me. <laughs> you know, this is how it adds. Right. This is, you know, this is how it adds. I know it sounds crazy, but this is the mindset. Right. But if you try and motivate like you're doing it for public good, saving other people, it sounds a bit more reasonable. I genuinely do believe that people relate better to optimism, relate better to positive things than this kind of kind of control or negative stuff.
2: What would you say um, to people that say, you know, trying to control people to take the vaccine is all well and good, um, you know, trying to tackle the reluctance is through not necessarily forcing people is something that would work in an ideal world, but we don't live in an ideal world. If one companies reopen, um, it's their right to be able to say no jab, no job, because they don't want to put the health and safety of their employees who have had the jab at risk. But
0: I don't get the whole like no no jab no job because aren't we working effectively remotely? So if it's that deep that we need to get vaccinated, why maybe we should carry on working remotely? If you don't want to be giving people jobs, I think um. No jab, no job doesn't make sense to me because we're currently working remotely. So I don't understand if it's that if you as a company are so concerned about everyone being vaccinated so that they can come into work, then you should carry on allowing people to work remotely because that doesn't make sense i that i'm sorry it doesn't make sense i agree with what frankie was saying about traveling and importing it that Mm -hmm. makes sense because obviously you're going to other countries so they want to make sure especially places like new zealand they don't have any cases like jane said so if you're coming from a country like the uk or the us where um cases are very high they want to just make sure that you're not going to be bringing this thing back into their country Mm -hmm. after they've done what they need to do to get rid of it but if we're all working in the uk um, my job is telling me now okay Paula basically you're going to be fired if you don't get this vaccination because we need you to come into office into the office I'll say well that's ridiculous because I've been working remotely fine my channels are up year <laughs> on year so obviously the vaccination is not going to prevent me from doing the job and obviously being in the office is not going to prevent me from doing the job so I think the no jab, no job thing doesn't make sense unless maybe it's something like um you work in the healthcare profession, and you're going to be around people that are vulnerable. Something like where it's actually a thing that like if you're not vaccinated, and if you bring this thing here, you're going to be um, you're going to be risking other people's lives. But I think yeah, I was listening to of- sorry, Paul. I was listening to.
2: Break- and a woman came on and said that her father in a care home she would be very strongly opposed to him being around any workers that don't have the jab and she would remove him from the care home if that were the case.
1: I um, heard of the vaccine passport for going outside of the country not so much inside the country but I think certain jobs that would want that are jobs Mm. where the operational effectiveness is very important where if one person goes down it affects the operational effectiveness of the job I think in those cases it's not so um, crazy for um, the job to require you to take the vaccine
3: that's already a thing though that's already a Mm -hmm. thing right healthcare professionals have to be immunized for all sorts like that's Mm -hmm. a thing like and I have no problem with that because yeah that's completely like you've got to go decide if you want to do certain jobs because as you said the high risk point Of you, And that's why I'm a big believer in all healthcare professionals, if they can, because I know there's exceptions, should be fully vaccinated (laughs) against all things, right? Again, it's that carrot and stick. I'd rather companies, instead of saying no jab, no job, actually just spent a bit more energy and time and effort just convincing their staff to get vaccinated. Just, you know, being positive, going, you know, a bit like, you know, some companies offer flu vaccine. I know they probably can't do that because of the supply issues, but it's more trying to positively pressure people into getting a vaccine and also actually and this is where i think companies against societies are more than just government and people it's all these companies as well one try and get your staff to vaccinate and also try and get your staff's family to vaccinate and that's how you can create chain reaction so it's not just stop at your staff it's trying to positively influence them to go have you been vaccinated has your family been vaccinated have your friends been vaccinated you know try and if everyone gets that that's how you get people on board without like getting boris standing on a lectern at what is it 5 p.m that he likes to do telling people to vaccinate this is the people everyone has a job in public health it's not just government telling people
0: i think what you're saying is really right especially for people i mean i don't like to feel like someone's telling me what to do so if you say no jab no job i'll be like cool no job then bye
2: (laughs) i think it works opposite effects on most people a lot of people hearing no jab no job that, that will trip up and think, do you know what, I don't want this thing, but there's no way that my livelihood is going to get stopped when I have bills to pay and people mm-hmm. to Um And I think the government is aware of that. They know that putting people between a rock and a hard place will make people take this vaccine. Um, mm. Even just, I mean, luxuries, which they are luxuries in the first, we don't see them as luxuries in the first world. I think we see holidays more as something essential. But luxuries like the holiday. I mean, if people know that they can't go and visit New Zealand, for instance, or any other countries that they want to visit, mm-hmm. th- they'll be signing up for that jab in a jiffy. Yeah,
0: that's true. That is true. I think it's just because I'm stubborn. Um, like, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'm not...
3: There's a lot of you around, Paula, so we have to, you know, uh, you know you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're like, a patient you segment that, that we need to talk it's to. Okay,
1: because, like Lola said, because maybe for you, you're a, resol- you're a resourceful person, so you feel like, fine, I'll go somewhere else. Whereas for somebody else that could literally, in that position that they are, they've got they to put bread on the table for somebody. So they're, they're going to be like, well, I don't really have an option. Yeah. And like Frankie has also said, it's really not the best place for the government to go. But I also think that the government may be going in that direction because England has suffered so hard with this COVID and I feel like they're literally Mm. like we need to get to the other side especially and um, I actually feel sorry for like Boris because the government is constantly being so hard on him to push us out of lockdown to get us businesses back up and I'm like why are you pushing it so hard when we've just been yo-yoing we're in out in out in out it's not good for anybody mentally or physically that Mm. way so why don't we stay in and take the right like measures pro- proper measures to then come out and stay out of lockdown mm-hmm. so and I, I definitely think that like um Frankie also said mm-hmm. help, public health is not a government's job it's everybody involved in that health care so I think we also sometimes need to whatever we can do to help if it's just as simple as wearing a mask or just staying indoors like do that mm-hmm. and that can also help and hopefully mm-hmm. we can get to a position where we can work on the mistrust within the medical sectors. We can maybe I can alter my perspective just that little bit more and learn that little bit more. I think that would be a lot more helpful than being like, I'm mm-hmm. stubborn, I don't trust this. Mm-hmm. Not not on you personally for I feel like that was to you, but next no, not. <laughs>
0: um, oh no, no, no. <laughs> I didn't feel any shade, it's okay.
1: <laughs> honestly, just in general, like, you're very uncertain. I think we don't help ourselves if we stay uncertain we have to be in a place of learning as hard as it can be that's the only way we can really move forward
2: well i think this has been a very good convo um and i think we've definitely (laughs) dropped some nuggets of wisdom if i say so myself (laughs) Uh, has anyone got any last thoughts or comments before we wrap up um
0: no, do you know what? I feel like I've enjoyed this conversation because, <clears throat> to be fair, having friends like you guys makes me think, oh, maybe I should actually look deeper into this stuff rather than just come to a conclusion. Um, but all in all, I'd say maybe listen to professionals. Don't take my advice because I've not done any research. So, yeah, that's you me. To listen
3: to Frankie. <laughs> Uh, you know that can get you into other situations and circles that's never a good piece of advice (laughs) but i think jane really summed Mm -hmm. up really well to be honest um i said that my only my only message to anyone who has some mistrust of it at the least read but please 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 get vaccinated please 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 get vaccinated when they when you're offered Mm -hmm. it think about it and really like do the research don't just believe the aunties <laughs> and uncles of whatsapp do the research at least make sure you're making an mm-hmm. informed decision mm-hmm. on it but I said I hope you'll come to the conclusion that it's yeah, worth definitely. the um, benefits to worth the risk of getting said, vaccinated.
1: Um... I spoke to a friend of mine um, and I think for me that really helped me stay in my, I think I'll get the vaccine, was when she was like, she's in a vulnerable group and she's like, I weighed up the risk of not getting it and getting it and it just wasn't worth me not getting it. Um, I think sometimes we don't weigh up the risk um, of either or. Mm. So yeah, I would say weigh weigh up the risk, whether you're in a vulnerable group or not, Mm. and decide based on what you've weighed up.
2: Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you on the next one. And thank you to our special guest, Uh, Frankie, for joining us.
1: Bye, guys.
3: (laughs) Always happy to join. Thanks for having me.
2: All right, thanks for listening, everyone. That's it for today. I've been Lola.
1: I've been Paula. And I've been Jane. See you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.